As you're seated this morning, I want you to look at somebody and say, this is going to be good. Here we go. Exodus chapter number 32 is where we're going to be sharing this morning. And we're focusing our attention on the topic of the dangers of impatience. We are only going to read one verse as we start off together this morning. So let's do that together. It is verse number one, and this is what it says. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. As we start our time together today, we we look at some of the people whose lives interact or intersect with Moses' life. A few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about Pharaoh. And let me say, friends, none of us is doing life by ourselves. You are not an island unto yourself. You're traveling along. You're journeying along. As a nation, we're journeying along. In our city, we're journeying along. Praise God, as a church family, we are journeying along. Amen? And so they're going along as a group. And the group of people that Moses was with included his family. We read about people like Aaron, his brother, and Miriam, his sister. We read of others that were from his tribe, the tribe of Levi. But they were certainly not the only ones. That All of the tribes were represented. We know from Scripture that there was around 2 million people that were on this journey to the promised land. Friends, I am glad I can tell you this Sunday morning that we are on a journey to a promised land. Amen? And it is a land that God has said awaits those who are believers in Jesus Christ. And we can't become impatient on the journey. It's easy to get weary in the journey. Moses had been gone for a while. In fact, if you would go to uh, Exodus chapter 24, verse 18, a few uh, verses earlier, it says, Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up to the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Look at somebody say 40 days. Somebody else say 40 nights. Now let's do the math. That would be roughly six weeks. Isn't that right? Moses had been gone a while. It's not like he just left on a uh, Monday and he was coming back on, on Friday. He had been gone a while. A lot changes in six weeks, doesn't it? In fact, six weeks ago, you're probably thinking, well, what was I doing six weeks ago? I don't even remember. But it takes time for a nation to be formed. And if you've ever read about the formation of our country, if you think about the Declaration of of Independence, even writing that, that didn't happen one afternoon in Philadelphia when they just all sat down and said, let's just write something. What do you think? There were drafts and there was work put in. It took time and, and they had to think about it and they talked about it. And that was just one step in the forming of this nation. You see, friends, God was calling a special people, his people, and he was forming that nation. And none of us like the process of waiting. This week, Ruth and I went to a doctor's waiting room. Now, if you go to a doctor's waiting room, have you ever seen a sign that says, if you have not been called in 15 minutes, please contact somebody at the front desk and let them know about your wait. You ever seen that sign? Now, most of us take that 
at face value and we're ready after 15 minutes, right, to go talk to them. And I came to a, a pastor's conference this week, our network conference a few years ago. We had a pastor, a very successful pastor in, in the state of Colorado who was sharing with us that he went to the doctor's office one day and he was waiting and he was a busy guy, big church, had a lot to do. And as he sat there, he sat there for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes turned to 15, then to 20, then to 30. And he was complaining to God about how busy he was and the fact that he was in this waiting room. Any of you ever complain about your waiting room? And he was frustrated. He was about to walk up there and tell him, I'm going to have to reschedule. I've got things to do. I'm going to have to come back. And God spoke to him, I have waiting rooms too. I've thought about that statement many times because it speaks to us about how life often says there's a season for us to be patient. Don't become impatient. And that leads us to the first thing of a few that I want us to look at today, which is this. Patience is a measure of maturity. One Bible commentator writes this and says, how we handle God's ordained delays is a good measure of, how, of our spiritual maturity. If we allow such delays to make us drift into sin or lapse into resignation to fate, then we react poorly to his ordained delays. If we allow such times to deepen our perseverance in following God, then they are of good use. So we can see that we can respond a couple of of different ways. The first thing to note today is this. Delays could cause us to lapse into sin because of impatience. Now I'm going to be real practical with you. Some of you have encountered this at a stoplight. There was a delay. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. Right? Telling them, hey, I'm back here. I'm waiting on you. Come on now, let's move along. Maybe you even added some hand gestures like. Or things like. Or you mouthed it to them, get off your phone, right? Right? Because imp- impatience can lead us to sin. It can lead us to, oh, we might put it this way, taking off our Christian coat for a minute, right? And getting into the flesh and out of the, out of the spirit. I remember when I was in school, it seemed like A school year took forever, especially when you were in first or second grade. Anybody remember how long it was to get from when you checked into school till the time that you were finally gonna get to be back on summer vacation? And then as life moves along, I remember as my my kids began going to school, they, uh, we would watch things. Then they got in the high school years and we had the basketball and the fine arts and we had all the, the formals and all the special things. And it didn't seem like the whole high school experience lasted very long. And now as I watch students, and we had our spring uh, uh, pre- program this last week for the school. Those of you here on Friday night, what a special time that was. But as we were gathered together, it's amazing to me that we're ending school. I thought we just started, right? It's perspective. Our perspective changes with time. For Moses, being on the mountain of, up on the mountain of God, I don't believe it seemed like a long time at all with, for him, do you? I imagine those six weeks seemed like they were passing so quickly. The time in God's presence was fast. It was wonderful. It was delightful. And yet, for the people on the other end, they were saying, where is that guy? Did he get lost up on top of the mountain? Has he been gone? How many weeks has it been? Two, three, four, five? 
We're going on almost six weeks. Where is this Moses? Where did he go? I'll be real. You understand? We'll make it real personal. You know that tax day's coming? Now, if you are, are getting back money and you filed your taxes, when you file your taxes, you look with delight at the tax return coming home. Amen? In fact, you might even electronically every morning check your account. Did it come in today? Ooh, no. I'm going to go by the bank this afternoon and see if it came in this afternoon. You get excited about it. But for those of you who may have to be paying taxes this year, you do not look longingly toward April the 15th, do you? It's coming way too quick. Oh, couldn't we just have a little bit longer extension in there? You see, the same situation for the same people can have different interactions on their life. James 1.4 says it this way. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Delays don't have to lead us to sin. Delays can deepen our dependence on God. There's some great examples in scripture of people who went through delays and they did pretty well in those delays. We think of Joseph. Joseph got tired in the delay, but Joseph never gave up on God, did he? David did pretty well for a long time during the delays, but he came toward the end of the delay from 17 to about age 30, 13 years of him being waiting for God to make him the king. And what took place? There got to be a season, that last 18 months or so, where he struggled with the delay. Some of you may be at that situation. There's other people who completely give up during the delay. Moses is a great example of that. 40 years after the call of God had come on his life and he tried to step into it, suddenly he got so frustrated that now he's out on the backside of the desert when God shows up again. He doesn't even want to go the second time. You see, the delay can have different impacts on our life. Similarly, the delays of life can become a season where God works things out in our spirit. God can teach you some wonderful things by waiting. He can show you sometimes that you're not as ready as you thought you were. He can show you that there's some attitudes that really need to be refined. Some places of your life where you need to grow. Some things you need to do to send down some roots. But none of us really like the delays. I'll again, give you an example. If you go to eat at lunch today, you walk into a restaurant, if it's one of those sit-down restaurants, you know the first thing you're going to do is you're going to walk up, and if there's people around, you walk up and say, uh, yes, we have a party of, let's say, four. How long is that going to be? First question, right? How long is the delay? Well, sir, that could be 20 to 30 minutes. 20 to 30 minutes, tell the family. What do you think? Then if, you, if they are like, well, I guess. Here's the next response. Deep breath. <sighs> I guess we'll wait. Then they send you the, give you the little buzzer or you give them the phone number so they can text your phone and you go. And as soon as you sit down, what do you do? You sit down and you look at your watch and you see what time it is or if you're really kind of a person like me, you start your stopwatch. Here we go. We got 20 minutes. And then at about 19 minutes and 30 seconds, you're looking at your watch thinking, you know, I've been here a while. I've been waiting a while. You begin to evaluate if other people who came in after you have been seated. Were they here before we were here? Because, I mean, they're going back now. 
And then you start, come on, am I talking to the right group of folks? Now at 22 minutes and 37 seconds, I'm going to go check with the folks at the counter. And you say to them, yes, uh, Frank's party of four. Uh, where are we on the list? Now you're also looking. Right? You have us there? And then if you get to 30 minutes, 32 minutes, then you're like, I'm going to get to a manager. You know, they told us 20 or so. Now, you always go to the low side. It was 20 or so minutes, right? So when you bring up the explanation, you know, they told us 20 minutes or so, and, and it's been 32, and I'm just wondering when. Is, is that not an account of our impatience? You see, as we look at this, it brings us a second thing. Impatience will lead you to a major disaster in your life. Verse number two says, Aaron answered them. They've already said, where is this Moses guy? We don't, and then they said, was that even his name? I can't even remember. Moses? That, they say, that fellow Moses. Was that, it was Moses, right? Verse two. Aaron answered them. Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. Verse 4. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then he said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. You see, impatience leads us to justify that God made us wait too long. I'm going to be honest with you today. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but does anybody ever feel like God made you, made you wait too long? God, I've been waiting a year, two years, five years. God, I've prayed about this. I don't really think that you care. I don't know that you're really concerned. Even though we know better in our hearts, impatience leads us to lash out and grab what we want right now. When God was speaking to the people, they had been able to push away their sinful desires. Now remember, if you would read a little bit prior to this, God tells them to clean up their act, basically, and come to the, to the mountain. And so what do they do? They, they clean, the, they, they bathe, they wash their clothes, they're told to refrain from sexual activity for a few days, and they show up at the foot of the mountain. And they're afraid of God because God was there. And friends, when you and I come to church, we can hear a message or we can read the word or we can sit in a Bible study and, and we say, no, I know I need to do better. But when we're out there in the day-to-day -day living, it's easy to get impatient, isn't it? It's easy to want it to have already happened. Their desires returned to wanting a God that they could see. They knew that God had brought them out of Egypt. They couldn't deny the plagues. They couldn't deny the parting of the Red Sea going across. But they longed for wanting something that other people had. Listen to what Galatians 3.3 says. How foolish can you be? After starting your lives in the spirit, why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? What is that? God, I've seen you act. I started off in the spirit, but I'm frustrated. I want what I want. My flesh, my life, my, my clock. What, God, how long do I have to wait for you? And God knows where you are. God has not forgotten you. He knows where you are. He was up on the mountain meeting with Moses, giving him the law, showing him how that the, this whole nation could be led to a place of victory, not for a day or a week or a month or for a generation, but for many generations. 
What God wants to do in your life, friends, isn't just something to change your afternoon or to change your week. He wants to change your life. And they seem to be ready to add their new gods to the Lord. It says in verses two and three, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And I think it's interesting how generous they were. You ever noticed how generous we are with things that we want to do? Right? Oh, we've, we've all seen it. You ever been, gone over to somebody's house and they have a display? You're like, I have never seen that much Yankee gear in anybody's house. That's amazing. <laughs> Maybe they love the Chicago Cubs or the Dallas Cowboys, right? You know, they got the pictures, they got the pennant. They've got the, you know, the, the artwork signed. You're like, that, that must have cost you some money. Oh, it's all right, you know, I, it's just something that I like to do. Talk to somebody about giving to missions, and what's the response? Well, you know, $10 a week is kind of steep for me, right? Why can we give to what we want to give to? Isn't that what happened here? You need earrings? Absolutely. Break those off. Come on now. Let's everybody pitch in. Let's do what we need to do. We need to be as generous in giving to the kingdom of God, amen? More so, more so. Verse four, he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in a shape of a calf, fashioning it with tool, a tool. Then he said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Notice the foolishness. They'd already been out of Egypt for weeks and months. How could these be the gods that just showed up now? Don't we do the same thing? I just need something. I need something to satisfy my life. Nothing is going to satisfy you like that relationship with Jesus did. Your impatience can make you quickly look foolish. Also, impatience, number three, will lead you to places that you would not have gone otherwise. Verse five. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Now, they didn't want to like completely go to the Lord. A festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sanctified burnt offering, sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and to get up and indulge in revelry. One Bible commentator says it this way. This shows that the creation and the worship of the golden calf was not a conscious rejection of the Lord, Aaron and the rest of Israel probably thought they could give honor to the Lord through the golden calf. God, I'm gonna honor you, but I'm gonna do it my way. Come on now. I see people do things like that. Pastor, we would have been in church Sunday, but you know, we were spending some family time. God really wants us to have strong families. Well, God does want you to have strong families. That's why I gave you Saturday. Right? It doesn't have to be on Sunday. Well, you know, we were busy Sunday, yard work. We were busy Saturday. Come on now. We need to understand that we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us. Now, I want to just stop for a second and ask you, how many of you have seen in at least one area of your life that you put God first and he's blessed your life? If you have, just wave at me. Anybody? Anybody in the room? We've seen, all, probably all seen that. But the area that we're waiting on, that's the one we don't think God will do it there. Well, I knew God could do it over here. Over here. This is the real problem. God, this is the problem. We have to make sure in our lives that we don't 
be, be drug into and gone to places that we should have never, ever gone. Verse 6 says, so the next day the people rose up early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. So they said, okay, let's, let's do the God thing, right? Let's honor God, but after that, let's get to the stuff we really want to do. You know, people, you say, well, we wouldn't do that. Really? How about Easter Sunday? You know, we're going to do church. I think we can make one service. But as soon as that's over, we're going to get to the fun stuff. We're going to go and eat at the buffet. And we're going to do that. We're going to do the Easter egg. <laughs> and we're going to hang out with the family and do the cookout. Oh, we're going to have a time. We will work God in for an hour. Or Christmas. You know, we're celebrating. What is Christmas? The celebration of Christ's birth, right? Pastor, if Christmas falls on a Sunday, I just don't think we can come on Sunday morning. I mean, I know it's Jesus' birthday, but that's when we open presents. Oh, that would have been a good place for an amen. Or an oh me or something, you know. What, what do we do? We often do not prioritize. We, we work God in, but at the minimum, and then we go to where we want to go. It concludes in verse 6 by saying, Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. I believe if you would read the King James, it says they went, went to eat and drink and sat down to play. If you would really look at the interpretation here, this was a nice way of saying that they participated in drunkenness and sexual orgies. Cole writes, the verb translated play suggests sex play in Hebrew. And therefore, we are probably to understand drunken orgies. So what do they say? We'll do the God thing for a little bit, and then we're going to do what we want to do. Doesn't that speak of how impatience gets a hold of our lives? I know that I should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Scripture says that, right? But there's these things that I want. Relationship. Companionship. A sexual experience. You know, and we, we don't wait for God to do it in his way, in his time. When the prodigal son awakens from the stupor, that he was, he finds himself, well, what does he do? He finds himself penniless and at the mercy of others and far from home and desperate. But what had led him there? Impatience. It says that he wanted the money before his father died, the inheritance, and then he goes and he wastes it on riotous living. Partying, living a wild lifestyle. It's interesting that tough times never come at a good time. Right? Have you ever said, you know, today would be a good day for a tough time because I can handle it today? No. It always hits you when you're already kind of down, right? And then you have another problem. And see, what do we see with the prodigal son? His impatience caused him to have wasted everything that could have been something that would have blessed him. He wastes all of that, and now he finds himself not only having been impatient, but now in lack. These Israelites, through impatience, refused God, and they attributed their success to an idol because they said, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. They gave their wealth to the idols, and they descended to the basest level because they were impatient and they stopped waiting on God. The last thing I want you to look at in this passage is this. God sees your impatience. 
let's be real. Nobody, we don't want anybody to see our impatience, do we? Come on, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands again on this, but have you ever honked at somebody and then like, whoa, I'm on my way to church, I hope they don't see me turn in. And take the corner, swing around the block one more time. Right? We do goofy things. We do dumb things. Verses seven, eight, and nine says, then the Lord said to Moses, now listen to what God sees. Go down because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. Would you agree they become corrupt? Absolutely. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast out of a shape in the shape of a calf. Did God see the details? Yes, he did. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I've seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. They are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Now this is powerful because it says to us, God expects us to be patient. Oh, I, I thought I'd get a couple of amens there. God expects you to be patient. But pastor, I've been patient for six weeks, just like the Israelites. Well, it might take longer. Might take longer. I've been, maybe you've been patient for six months. Maybe for six years. But I want you to know God will come through for you. God always comes through for you. Is there anybody in scripture who God just said, I'm gonna do this and all that, and at the end of their time, clock ran out and God didn't show up? No. Well, Joseph gets the promise at 17, but he doesn't get to become Second person in command till he's 30. That's a long time. How many of you'd like to be the prime minister at 30? You can't even be president until you're 35, right? He really didn't wait that long. How about David? David kills Goliath 17 again. 17, if anybody's 17, that could be a good year for you, for a promise, right? <laughs> 17, and, and then he doesn't get to become the king either till he's like 30 years old. I mean, that's, that's kind of a long time, but it wasn't that long. As we look at it, we understand that God was doing some things in both of their lives, and let's be real, because they really weren't ready at 17. They weren't ready. They were ready for the promise, but they weren't ready for the problems. A lot of us are ready for our promise, but we're not ready for the problems that'll come with them, and God's getting you ready to handle it. Anybody in the room ever wanna get married? How many of you, after you were married, just said, you know, there are some problems? <laughs> you know, sometimes God's getting you ready for that. The patience that you need, right? But we're going to move on. We're going to go down to, to verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6, because this is a great passage to memorize. Apply to your life. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. Look at somebody and say, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Look at somebody and tell them, God can't be mocked. A man, here it comes, reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Don't we all try to figure out a shortcut? I remember a story that I, I read about a guy who was in Bible college. And in Bible college, one of the classes you have to take is to write sermons. 
So he wrote a pretty good sermon, but it kind of had a, a lame title, right? It just wasn't catchy. And so he turned it in, and he didn't get an A. The professor says, you got to be. And he said, why, why didn't I get an A? He said, it was, I hit all the points. He said, he did hit the points, but it didn't have a good title. It, didn't, it wasn't something that people, you need to have something that you could put on the sign and if a busload of people were driving past your church, they would see the sign and the invitation from the sign and they would be drawn in because they would want to hear what you were speaking on this Sunday. He said, in fact, I'll give you an A if you can come back with a title by next week that we meet. And if you have a title like, like that, I'll, I'll change it from a B to an A. The guy said, that's great. And he went home and he thought all week long what he said. He said, if I could come up with a title where a busload of people would read the sign in front of the church and it would compel them to come inside the church. That is the kind of title that I need. So he turned in his paper and the title on his paper was, there is a bomb in your bus, <laughs> right? Now, if you know that if a busload of people here come inside, hear what pastor has to say at nine o'clock, right? I mean, if there's a bomb in my bus, come on, get out of here. Like we're all looking for a shortcut, aren't we? We all want to find a way to get there yesterday. Anybody had a problem recently? How many of you wish that you already had an answer now? Man, that person is so annoying. The money, I need more. Whatever it is, we're looking for an answer. Well, as we close today. We've looked at the dangers of impatience. Dealing with impatience is really going to show the measure of your maturity. And, and this is something I just want to hit on as we close. God will come through for you. Never doubt that he will come through. He will. But pastor, I've been waiting, like the Israelites, for 40 days and 40 nights. Did God come through for Noah? Yeah. How long did he wait? 100 years. And you might say, pastor, I can't wait 100 years. No, you couldn't. You wouldn't probably live to see the answer. But in, in his day, he could wait a season. I say today, friends, it's going to show if you have maturity because you can wait the season. If you can wait the season, you reap the harvest, the abundance. We think of a guy like everybody wants the blessing and they want it now. But it doesn't come. It comes slowly. Second thing, impatience leads us to major disasters in life. Third, impatience takes you places you would not have gone normally. And finally, you have to remember that God sees your impatience. Well, God won't care if I do this. He's watching. He's watching because God wants to, to bless your life. Last thought. Many Bible scholars believe this to be true. You understand that Abraham and Sarah, known as Abram and Sarai, were given a promise of a child. Many Bible scholars believe that the reason the delay was so long was because in the season of impatience, Abram and Sarai came up with their own solution, which was Hagar, which ended up with Ishmael. And sometimes God restarts the clock. All right, failed that. Let's start over and try again. The worst thing you can do is to become impatient and have a season that has to be extended because of your impatience.